Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined by my co-host, college football playoff chairman, Ryan Donnelly. Ryan, um, the big big day for you, big day for your committee. Uh, how do you feel that you all have handled the uh, have handled the circumstances? Yeah, I think I'm going to start going by Boo Donnelly going forward. Okay. Um, they're going to be Boo Donnelly. It seems fitting. Uh, I feel like a real Southern lawyer these days. Yeah. Uh, and I mean that in every way uh, you'd expect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that is a classic. That's got to be, uh, th- I don't have a full list in front of me. My my top scientists are working on this, but that has to be one of the most frequent high school football nicknames for guys is Boo up there also with Booby. Um, classic high school yeah. football guy nickname. Speedy, of course, huge yeah. one. Tank. Yeah. Tank is uh, a good one. Tank is probably the, maybe the the clubhouse leader. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's got to be up there. There's there are some there are some real classics out there. There are some ones that we love to still see uh kicking around all the time. Um Yeah. My we, high school had a guy named Duders. Love that. That's always a really good yeah. sign. <laughs> yeah. His, uh, his name was Jalen, went by Duders. I was going to say I don't I don't I was going to say that I don't think my school had any good ones, but I did I do just remember that we had a guy whose nickname was Rumpke. Um and I can't remember why his nickname was Rumpke. That's not just an. It, it, isn't Rumpke like the yeah. trash? Uh, yes, <laughs> like the trash cans. Yeah. Yeah. He was the. He was the. That's start, funny. He was the starting quarterback. He transferred in from from mm. one of the private schools. Um, and I think he I think he wasn't very good, if memory serves. I don't remember why he was known as Rumpke though. I don't think it was related to him not being very good. Um, I'll have Pretty to. Funny. I have to. I have to touch it. I have to check in with my sources and try to figure out why that was his nickname. Very funny nickname to have. Um, yeah. We, yeah, we great. we've got a uh, we've got a standard issue. This is this is uh, FTF classic here. This is normal flipping the field. We've got nothing weird going on. There's no strange yep. things. There's no no uh, legacy edition. Yeah, no yeah. abnormalities or anything like that. We've just got some fucking football to talk about. And but before that, we have some playoff to talk about. Unfortunately, um, against my against my my wishes, against my better judgment, we will talk about the playoff. Um, it's conference championship week. It's the it's the rundown for conference championship week. You all know what you already know what's going on. It's it's not. I mean, it, you you've seen it. You know the games. Uh, but before we jump into that, uh, I'm going to sell you home field apparel. Homefieldapparel.com. If you use the code Meet at Midfield, you can get 15% off your first purchase of a shirt, of a pants, of a sweatshirt. Uh, they've got a lot of joggers that went up this weekend. I'm sure that they're all sold out by the time that this that this episode is posted. But they did have joggers for various teams, and the joggers are very cool. Um, I would like to get a pair of those bad boys. I might look into doing that. Homefieldapparel.com, uh, high-quality collegiate vintage apparel. Again, if you use the code MEET at midfield, you can get 15% off your first purchase. They've got, I mean, pretty much every team that you could possibly ask for. And if your team is not on there, as we have said before, it is a reflection on you as a person. It is deeply dishonorable, and you need to make sure that that gets fixed. Um, home field apparel. Uh, we we uh, we like it. We we've been known to enjoy home field apparel. We've been known to to uh, to don some home field apparel, and you also can do that if you use the code Meet at Midfield. You can get fifteen percent off your first purchase. Um, Ryan, what is Meet at Midfield? What am I what am I talking about when I say that? Uh, Meet at Midfield is an experimental progressive rock band uh, formed in the era of uh, you know kind of Swedish death metal mm-hmm. uh, in the late seventies, uh, and it's really kind of morphed out of that tradition into something entirely on its own. Um, you know, it's they're calling it yacht metal. It's kind of the sound we embody, um, and I think that's really cool for a lot of our fans who know exactly what I'm talking about and are into this sort of thing. Um, but besides that, we also cover college football. We, we talk about Ohio State, Michigan, and just rivalries college football as a whole. 
Um, it's been a great experience on that site. We have uh, fans from all over the country joining us. Uh, a lot of new folks popping up every day, every week now. Uh, it's just a great community to discuss college football in its entirety, right? Um, yeah. Everything there is about it, everything about uh, uh, these these conferences, these teams, uh, kind of the, the chase for these conference championships we just experienced, the chase for postseason glory after that. Uh, it's been an awesome first season. It's, it's a great, I think, honestly, I, I'm pretty comfortable saying that we have the most fun message board I've ever been a part of. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I love posting every day with our people and uh, just tremendously good environment uh, on meet at midfield. Yeah, I, I want to make clear here, like like this is, uh, you know, it's our site and obviously we have a we, we have a good reason to be on there. But just like purely this just this past weekend watching the games, um, you know, the, the and then the seeing sort of how those affect the rest of the sport and the national landscape and all this stuff um, being on there for me is like really fun like I can't fuck I can't look away from it it's when there's like a lot yeah. happening in college football I'm constantly every couple of minutes I'm refreshing to, to see what people are saying and to uh to sort of in, engage and it, it's got that uh that same feeling that you get when there's like a whole bunch happening on Twitter in a, in a college football weekend and there's just you know look over here look over here look over here there's there's all sorts of stuff happening and that's sort of the same thing that we have going on over there and it's really really it's good all the time but especially when there are games happening when there's big you know news that's broke yeah. that, that just broke it's it's like really there i don't think you're going to get it anywhere else because general like national college football message boards are, are few and far between and the ones that do exist are like i mean they're, they're you're a big proponent of the 24 7 general board but like it's a it's a oh the rivals one the rivals, the rivals one, one. Yeah, yes it but it's like it's a fucking it's a nightmare it's a, oh, it's, a cesspool. it's, it's yeah. one of the it, worst places in the world it's <laughs> and like ours if you're a like person that. who who basically had their adolescence shaped by message boards in the way that like i know me and dj personally had uh, it's just like a famously toxic one that even is insane to like the people who are used to that sort of like insane behavior. Yeah. Uh, it's like truly like the dregs of the internet. That's why it's great. It's like just diving into the swamp. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I think the really cool part too about our site that you don't want to get on Twitter, especially as the kind of games come to a close here a bit, is just the in-depth discussion too, right? Like I think anyone get on Twitter and like pretend they're watching a football game and get off dunks on a, on a certain, you know, player or team or whatever. Yeah. But like the, the discussion, you kind of get at depth on deeper topics on, you know, coaching and hiring decisions on, on kind of, um, even stuff like scheme on, on recruiting for certain teams on, uh, program construction and, and conference realignment and all these different topics that are fun. Uh, to dive into you're just going to find a bunch of other uh college football fanatics who are just as obsessed with it as you are and just kind of making a habit out of having those conversations all the time and, and you know kind of from a perspective of uh fans but also we have a lot of like other football journalists on there too that are under various usernames and it's just a good community to get together with a lot of smart people uh to talk about big things in the sport and the sport you love and and that kind of message board format the reason why we explored this is the depth you get in a format like that, as opposed to a place like Twitter or a place like Reddit, where it's just more drive-by commentary, is so much different. Uh, and it's fun because you can just come on for like the memes, the riffs, the rain, a game thread, but you can also get a lot more out of it than that. So it's been really cool seeing our first season go through and kind of blossom this way. And I'm excited to see it keep growing as we go forward. I love the culture on there. Yeah, again, that is midfield.com And I, I think that uh, you know, I'll, I'll end it here with a quick sample of what's currently on there. We've got uh, just for team threat, team-related threads, uh, Michigan, Ohio State, playoff rankings, uh, we've got a Coastal Carolina thread, Liberty. We've got a USF thread, uh, Colorado, Missouri and Kansas, Troy. Like it's really uh, Texas A&M, Wisconsin. Like it's everything. It's it's uh, it's all of it. 
And um, it's just, it's really cool. It's a really, really cool place. I think that if you are somebody who wants to talk about college football, either in depth or in sort of that quick, just firing off jokes and takes uh, form, I think that we have a little bit of of both of that for you. And I, I think that also it's good for people who are like myself, uh, scared of discord and don't really want to go on discord and don't really know mm. what discord is. Um, well, you're tender age too. You have to be careful of people who are on there. Yeah. I have to be very careful of the people on, on discord. It's a very dangerous place for me. And we don't have any of that on the message board, except for the parts where we do. Um, there's very little grooming on the midfield message boards and it's, yeah. it's not quite as, uh, it's not as, as like, to say it's not as fast paced wouldn't be true because there are plenty of replies, but it's not as like directly you are talking right to another person. It's posting. It's posting. It's what we love to do on the internet. It's not a, it's not a Discord. It's a, it's it's a place to post, and that is uh, that's that's really what we wanted more than anything. So meet at midfield dot com. Uh, you can subscribe for twelve ninety nine a month or the annual price that uh, it says on the website. Um, whatever it says there, that's what I believe. That's what I say that it is, and you can just uh, you can just go check it out. Meet at midfield dot com. Um, good stuff. Good stuff coming there. Currently, good stuff coming there soon. Both of the teams that we <laughs> focused on to uh, to sort of start off here are in the college football playoff, and that feels like a, as good a way to transition into this as, as anything else. Um, the playoff is out. The playoff field is out. It was, I mean, it was pretty much set on Friday night. I, I am I am of the opinion that that uh, the first game we're going to talk about here after we talk about the playoff pretty much determined what the playoff was going to be. But we know now for sure that Georgia is the one seed taking on fourth seed at Ohio State. And Michigan is the two seed taking on third seed at TCU. Um, I, no real surprise here, right? This is this was uh, after after USC lost on Friday. This was pretty much what it was going to be because there, frankly, there wasn't a fifth team. I, I I think that that is like people make you know trying to make arguments for Alabama, trying to make arguments for USC for for whatever you wanted it to be. There just was not a fifth team. There were four teams, and the four teams that existed that were actually serious competitors at this point for the playoff. Uh, got into it right yeah yeah I mean absolutely I I think like I mean look the Alabama stuff was just finding tv time to fill right that's what it was like and those were never serious ideas we had to entertain that was never going to happen um it's annoying that people take it seriously like I I guess like the difference is that like you encounter some people like you you always have people online who just cannot tell the difference between like the kind of uh you know, call it sports entertainment, kind of WWE aspect of college football coverage, yeah. where they're just like doing bits to like, you know, fill time and create discussion, like Paul Fonbaum style, yeah. uh, as opposed to like, you know, actually talking about analysis of the sport. Yeah, Bama was never, never had a chance to be in. The only question was basically, was Ohio State and, and TCU going to be three three or four feet relatively yeah. uh, after the TCU loss? That was the only thing we were looking to find out. Um, I would kind of went back and forth on it, uh, but I mean, I think it was fine. I don't know. Like, I don't really have a strong opinion on it. Uh, people are, are having hot takes on like whether Georgia is getting screwed by having quote unquote the better team um, to play in, you know, the first round as opposed to Michigan or I don't know what it, it there's all, I mean, it's just a different people are floating around on it. I don't really care. I, I don't, I don't think there's a huge difference between them. Um, I don't know. I mean, do you have, do you have any strong opinions on this, whether TCU should have been three or four or, or, I can't imagine I care at all. Strong would be a would be a, a maybe a little bit too yeah. much. I, I think that they got it right. I think TCU probably should have been above Ohio State and was. Um, TCU went to a conference championship game in a better conference. I think had a better 
depth of victories overall. Um, didn't lose by 22 points to <laughs> to, to Michigan. Sure. Um, I mean, lost in overtime. That was its one loss was to a team it already beat in in overtime in a, a really great game we're going to talk about in a few minutes. But um, yeah, I, I don't really have any issues with that. I think TCU was was you know more deserving of that spot. And, and when you start to get into the idea of like the people complaining that Georgia has to play a better team. Uh, one, we have n- literally no evidence that Ohio State is better than TCU. We don't... You can think that based on talent level. Uh, if theoretically, Ohio State should be better than TCU. We have nothing that we have seen that would make us think that. That's the, It's inextricable. There's only one real way to judge Ohio or to, to judge college football it's based on what the teams do it's not yeah. just fucking recruiting rankings because then it would be the same four teams every single year it's like you can't, right. Texas A&M would be a contender it's not just based on what you you thought coming into the season who you know who the most talented teams are that's not the best it team. was <laughs> particularly pathetic seeing Saban going around on like the Fox yeah. uh, uh, mid-game show Dude, and, Fo- and some of the other kind of TV it's so talking funny. about betting lines. It's so funny that 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 Fox put him on there. Also, what are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, totally insane. I mean, again, I really do think they just needed airtime to fill yeah, because, like, how many much. other ways can you just say like, "Well, we probably know what's gonna like"? If you just keep saying we probably know what's gonna happen, it's gonna tell us people to turn the, the the TV off, right? Like, that's just the answer. Yeah, but that's obviously boring. I mean. Yeah. Also, I, I'm stealing this take from somebody. I forget. I saw someone tweeted this. And I, I don't remember who. So apologies to whoever I'm stealing from. But the, the idea that they was pointed out was like, it's a lot different uh, for the committee to have Alabama at five over Tennessee at six. If that's just for like a random uh, New Year's six bowl spot, yeah. as opposed to like to do that in the playoff. Uh, and I can't imagine they would have actually put a 10 and two Bama who lost Tennessee over a 10 and two Tennessee yeah. uh, into the playoff. I, I just can't imagine they would have done that. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, yeah, the, the I'm I'm honestly kind of surprised that they ran with Bama. It feels like they kind of picked the wrong horse to bet on, right? It, it feels like that was one that once was, Hooker got hurt. That, that was wild. I'm, I'm saying Clemson. Clemson won a won a conference championship game. It had the same number yeah, of losses well, as Alabama did. The conference was just as shitty. It's weird that they didn't trot Dabo out, right? Like that. I, I feel like that would have been at least. Moderately, I think everyone's just tired of it. Yeah, I right? think it would have like, been at least moderately easier to sell. They were both dead dogs. There was nothing going to happen there. It was it was obvious the four teams that were going to be in, but it's weird that they picked Alabama because it seems like everybody is kind of sick of this Alabama team and nobody thinks that they're impressive. And I, I just, I don't know. I feel like Clemson would have been a, a slightly easier sell. At least you could say they won a conference championship game. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know. Oh, wow. Alabama beat Mississippi State. That's cool. That's really cool. It seems like seems like that's a really really big win you got to think about what the betting lines might look like for a team that beat mississippi mm-hmm. state uh, it was nothing there was nothing there it was obvious even the the sec the pro sec media guys like uh, the the cbs announcers knew there was nothing there they could not possibly they could not possibly no. sell it there was nothing going on um it was absolutely just to fill space um as for the the other the other thing that has been sort of discussed with this which is the avoidance of uh, of a rematch in the first round between Ohio State and Michigan um the idea of and this is it, it doesn't really mean anything because they didn't they didn't do it and also who cares what the reasoning is the idea that they didn't consider that <laughs> It's so funny. It's so patently ridiculous that the committee would not talk about once uh, wanting to either lean into or avoid a rematch of the biggest rivalry in sports. Like, 
Yeah, that, that never yeah. came up. It never, nobody ever mentioned that that might be something to talk about. Obviously, they were trying to avoid that in the first round. Uh, one, because they don't want fatigue, which I don't I think did, would happen. But yeah, two, I did have some, I did have some late moment doubts about this though. I, I was like starting to get talking to people saying like they actually, they, they'd want to guarantee that for the first round, you man. know, just for the ratings because, you know, ABC will otherwise never get to broadcast that game ever again. Yeah. Uh, in all likelihood. But, uh, Obviously, it didn't go that way. Yeah. But I mean, it is setting up for if it is like if in some you know bizarre scenario, Ohio State does the unthinkable and beats Georgia. Uh, it, it is setting up for like the most watched game in the history of college football. If it's Ohio yeah. State, Michigan, and it, oh, yeah. game. yeah, which is that that's I think an important thing to note about this is one, it would be the it would be the biggest college football game ever if Ohio State ever. and Michigan met in a national championship. It would be the biggest college football game ever. It would it would be. I don't think it would be close. I don't no. even know what else to be competitive. <laughs> it would be like the amount of hype about that game would be. I, people have not grasped this. They have not fully come to terms yeah. with that. what that would be, what that would actually be an Ohio State-Michigan national championship game. It would be—I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be fucking out of control. It would be unlike anything we've ever seen before. Um, I think the only other comparison would be like it, it'd be way bigger than this, but like that you know USC Texas uh, Rose Bowl title game. Yeah, like that's the only the only one I would think of is like even in the ballpark. Yeah, um, it, it is a it, it would be it would be unprecedented. I mean, it it would be. Yeah, it, we would talk about that, obviously, when, if, it, if it came to it. But I think that that's part of it. And then the other part is, do you know what's better than having two of the most active fan bases in terms of, of, of viewership uh, watching one game? Is splitting them up into two games so that you don't have yep. Georgia playing TCU in a game that nobody's going to watch. You, yeah, <laughs> you could, or you could have. Because remember, people from the South do not care about football. We get, we don't, we don't, we don't, we emphasize this enough. Like, yeah, people they from just, the South simply do not like football. <laughs> they're not serious about it, um, and so like. Yeah, you could have all of it in the semifinals, or you could have Ohio State's massive viewership against Georgia and Michigan's massive viewership against TCU, and then a national championship that people would watch regardless, but that would be, uh, you know, like like I said, the event of the century if it's the if it's the right two teams for that to 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 break that way. Either way, you 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 win as the as the rights holder here. There's no going wrong if you split these teams up. Whereas if you put them together, you are compromising the other playoff game. It would still be viewed, but it would be uh, who cares? Who cares? It would be yeah. all of the focus would be on the other one. There's no reason to do that to yourself, unless you think unless you are are. I mean. I don't know. I don't even. I don't know why you would do it. I and they didn't. <laughs> they didn't. I don't think that there would be a good reason to, unless you are just one hundred percent convinced that there's no way they can meet in the national championship game. Which we can talk about these matchups a little bit here. I'm sure that we will do more in depth previews as the games actually come closer. But um, personally, I don't think there's a very. I don't think there's a especially good chance that Ohio State is going to advance to the national championship game. I think Michigan very well. Yeah, could, I'm pretty skeptical. Obviously, I would be. Yeah. Uh, as for the matchups, we could probably start with the Ohio State Georgia one. I think that I, I, I have seen. I well, can't, also just really quick before you get to this, just to the ratings yeah. point you're making, I, I just want to throw. I want to throw a stat out there that one of our posters made on the board. Yeah. Uh, that more than one quarter of all televisions that were on in Columbus and Friday night. Uh, we're tuned to the USC Utah game. Yeah, twenty seven percent of all like television, uh, uh, you know, all television households in Columbus were watching that game on Friday night, just yeah. in case they got the Bucks. In the well, playoffs. and and, like it, and guess also who's going to watch the Michigan game? The same Ohio State fans who would have watched it if Ohio State was in it. 
These people yeah. watch every big Michigan game. They're still Michigan yeah. fans will do the same thing. They're still going to watch these games. Yep, 100%. <laughs> There's no reason to concentrate it if you don't have to. You can spread it out. And it's yeah, absolutely. These are these are rabid rabid fan bases. It's I cannot imagine an Ohio State fan or a Michigan fan who would only watch their playoff game. That doesn't exist. Yeah. That's not a person who exists. That is the, the curiosity to see if your rival will be in the national championship game, I think is probably going to be pretty strong for a lot of people. Uh, that's yeah, that there's, there's just, there's not, it, it was not a, it was not a yeah. reasoned out thing. It, and it, and it even just happen. like, a, a, I think the numbers are stronger. It's probably just because of you know, the last 20 years or so of history, but like even just in Columbus in general, uh, if you look at like the the market numbers for the biggest games every week, like whether that's you know Alabama playing you know Ole Miss or somebody like that, yeah, the, Columbus is one of the highest markets for every game every year or yeah. every week because it's just like Ohio State fans are just insane who are like watching every other team they think they're competition with. Yeah. It's just like an obsession in the city and in, in, in the state of Ohio as a whole. Yeah, it's it's a um, I mean it is it is the college football state. I don't think there's another state that cares more about college football because there's just not really a whole lot else going on. Like it's it, that's that's the, that's the team yeah. in Ohio. Ohio State is the team. People it's not would say like, Alabama, but they are absolutely incorrect. It's also just a. I mean, it's a, what scale? It's a, yeah, yeah, scale size, scale wise, like it's 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 different. Yeah, and and yeah, absolutely. Um, so as for these matchups here, uh, we'll we'll start like I said with the one versus four. I, I think that I have seen, and I I can't. I honestly I cannot tell if these are tongue in cheek people who who are getting themselves excited again about Ohio State going into this matchup. I think that that those who are not tongue-in-cheek, those who are being completely serious that they think that Ohio State has like a good chance or that they match up well against Georgia or something, has not fully uh, grasped the issues at Ohio State. Ohio State's problems are not just that Ryan Day is not a very good play caller. Ohio State is like not not as physically skilled as Georgia is. Ohio State is going to be seriously physically overmatched by Georgia. It is not I'm not that I'm not doing some bit here. I'm not doing the oh Ohio you know oh Patrick hates Ohio State thing. Like Ohio State is not physically on the level that Georgia is. This is something we've been telling you people for fucking 2 years now. It doesn't seem like anybody actually believes it. I don't I don't understand why there are people who are like talking themselves right back into it. We we told you that this is not a team that is capable of playing on this level. You just saw it. You just, yeah. <laughs> they do this, they've done it twice now. It, it's what, what more do you need to see from them? They're not ready to play on that level of physicality. They can't do it. Yeah, I mean, we've got, I know we've gone back and forth on this and and it's difficult to say because, right, I think like obviously Georgia's SNC has been fantastic for a long time. That is a huge deal. And the Ohio State program I've been, I have made my thoughts known on the Ohio State issue with, with SNC for a long time now. I guess I would say the biggest difference here is just kind of like the way Georgia is deploying those guys as well. Like what they're using to their advantage is a lot different than what Ohio state is doing. Like Ohio state still has advantages in some positions, right? Like their receivers are legitimately better than anyone's DBs, right? There's no doubt about that. I think. Yeah. Uh, And and conversely, like they have guys uh, at certain positions who can play with anybody. Like those defensive ends can play with any offensive line in the country and they create pressure against anybody the difference is it just like they are not it's it's the marriage of the play calling and development right because they're not calling things to maximize what their actual talent level is yeah uh which is very frustrating and obviously georgia uh georgia is just going to maximize what it has every year in kirby because i think he is maniacal in the same way that nick was which is that he'll look for the meta he'll look for his advantages and he'll press them 
he's very risk adverse. He's not going to do anything crazy. But uh, if he thinks he can just, you know, beat you with like their running game hasn't been tremendous, right? Their O-line is a great push. They're not like physically dominating other teams. But if they think they can kind of motion you to death and then create numbers advantages in the run game, they'll just keep calling those plays forever. They'll just keep doing them. You know what I mean? It'll, yeah. And then they'll, they'll make you chase Brock Bowers all over the field until you stop, in which case they'll get open for a 70 yard bomb. Yeah. Like they're just going to, they're just going to out discipline you in a lot of ways. Yes. Um, and we've seen how Ohio state struggles with that too. Uh, yeah. I mean, can you see a path to Ohio state beating Georgia? I, it exists. Yeah, for sure. Like it's, it's like every, it's the same script Brian Day needs in every game that he coaches well, which is one of every like five big games, which is just like jump up immediately. Right. Just come out mm-hmm. to like a 21 to seven lead and then keep the pressure on and don't relinquish it, which is because it's a front running football team. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the, the path is, is what you get a couple explosives, like big explosive touchdown explosives so that you don't have to play. in the I mean, not zone. even that the same, which you want with the highest state offense, like when it's, being called well, they can't score from any which way, right? They can have a methodical drive. They can score an explosive. Like, they say, do have that capacity. I'll say I would be concerned about Ohio State scoring from inside the twenty against Georgia's defense. Yeah, for sure. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Hundred percent. I would be worried uh, about that. that. I think it could score from anywhere else, but inside yeah. of the twenty, I think it's going to be situation situationally in general. That is that is the thing for Ohio State is that there cannot be like. Third and short is not usually a bad situation to be in. You don't want to be in third and short in this game. You don't because you won't yeah. win it. You just this team is and, not. And, and that's not built just to a pure that. play calling issue, though. Honestly, like the fact that, that like, when they're in third and short, they're they're they will not trust their guys to get short yardage, and they will outthink themselves in the passing game to get it instead every single time. Like it's just yeah. that's where the play calling is going to cripple them. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about this game in more depth as we go. But I mean, like my my initial impression is, yeah, I think Ohio State's probably going to lose like. 41 to 26 something like that uh like i don't think they're gonna hang i don't think ryan day's learned anything i don't think the players have changed anything like yeah i think it's just who they are yeah Uh, there's also part of my like homer fan brain is like well the last 10 times ohio state's been an underdog it's won eight of those games straight up yeah uh and that's kind of like the when they actually play well but I don't really believe that. I don't, I don't think Ryan Day has anything cooking here. I, I don't think there's anything coming from him. He's just like the same cheesecake factory menu guy that he's always been. Yeah, that's that's the thing is that like a lot of those underdog wins, though, you think about how rarely Ohio State is an underdog. A lot of those would be Urban. A lot of those are not yeah. like, oh, Ryan Urban Day. Urban was 7-0 no, straight up yeah, as underdog. Yeah, he was very good at it. Like that was sort of his, yeah. that was his whole thing. And Ryan Day, there's no reason to believe that he is good at that. He's done it once. Uh, Correct. And, yeah. and the way that he did it was with sugar huddles. And I don't know that that's going to be a viable solution for Georgia's defense. I think Georgia is probably a little bit smarter than Brent Venables is, um, which is just that that's the other thing. And that is the last point that I that I'm going to make is, like you said, Georgia is is so disciplined in everything that they do, the way that they tackle they're disciplined, the way that they play defense schematically, they're disciplined offensively, they're disciplined, they are kind of the antithesis of Ohio State in a lot of ways. They do a lot of things that Ohio State just does not do. And I like I'm I'm gonna go back here within these these next couple of, of days or weeks and I'm gonna rewatch last season's Georgia Michigan playoff game. Because Michigan last season and this season, obviously, is a whole lot more disciplined than Ohio State is. Uh, is a whole lot more willing to to put its guys in the correct situations than Ohio State is. And Georgia still just just beat the shit out of them just battered them i mean it's it's it was not close <laughs> it was not competitive and i think ohio state has the the skill guys that it can you know it can rattle off some yardage i think cj stroud is obviously better than what michigan had last year and i, I think that ohio state's offense is 
capable of scoring on anybody. But the way, and I, I don't want to drift into, you know, myth-making or, or hokum or anything like that here, but the way that Georgia hits is not something that Ohio State is used to. It's not. The way, the, the, the level of discipline that they have in their tackles, the amount that they will hit you, the, the play that they have in the trenches, Ohio State hasn't seen that. Ohio State has not seen that, and the, the few times that they've gotten close to it, they have failed. The, the, that's it's objectively they have failed the best defensive line the best offensive line that they saw this year beat them by 22 points and Georgia's is better than that it just is and it's it's I think that fan belief is a is a fine reason to justify feeling okay about this going in but if you're looking at this game objectively if you're looking this, at this game analytically and trying to figure out who will actually win I don't think there's any reason to think it would be Ohio State I don't think there's any reason at all other than just like I said blind hope and, and faith yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, like I said, we all, none of us have any faith here in Ryan day. He is a born loser. Uh, I do think there's a lot of things that, that uh, if he were to just disappear from the face of the earth, face of the earth tomorrow, and they were to, you know, have different coaches calling plays. Uh, I think the players are certainly capable of doing this, but uh, yeah, I mean, not with him as head coach. So yeah. yeah uh, to talk to put the TCU Michigan here before we spend too much time to play off. Uh, I, I think we are both pretty confident Michigan will handle TCU. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have any reason to believe they won't. I guess the biggest thing here is like, uh, I think a lot of those Michigan offensive warts we've seen in the last like six weeks were really covered up with, uh, they had over 300 yards of offense from five explosive plays against Ohio state that were just a couple coverage busts. I mean, just like simple things that obviously what happens five times is a real concern for the Ohio state defense, but I don't think it's reflective of like grand changes to Michigan's offense. Um, I still have concerns about their finishing offense and, and TCU is capable of producing explosives. Um, that is just a, a, a very strong finishing offense, a very, you know, a efficient offense, a very explosive offense. I think there's a scenario where TCU can win on game stage, just kind of gets out ahead of Michigan and forces them to play a game they're not comfortable with, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't bet on that. Like, I don't know. Um, I think, I think Michigan's probably just going to physically kind of overpower TCU and, and win this game and kind of a grinder like 31-20 or something. Yeah, I, I think that TCU, the thing that it has going for it is, uh, well, one, it has some it has, a, it has a couple really good skill players on, uh, offensively with you know guys we've talked yeah. about. Quinn Johnson season. should be healthy, too, for, yeah. for, for the Yeah, and, and, and two, with those guys, and this is something we talk about all the time, but, but TCU has been willing to just stick with what works, just just ride whatever play is working, ride whatever guy is working. I think they do a really good job of understanding like, oh, I don't I don't think the defense can stop this. So we're just going to keep doing it, which in in a way does make them sort of like just a a you know, on that front, a better version of what Ohio State does offensively. I think that uh, objectively, TCU has done a much better job of calling plays and, 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 you know, I think could present more issues to Michigan's defense than Ohio State did because it is willing to just fucking throw the ball to Quentin Johnston if it needs to. Um, but I, I think ultimately it's probably going to be a kind of a playoff game that we have not seen a ton this year. The the easiest comparison, or not this year, in general, uh, with the with the playoff the easiest comparison that comes to mind for me is is one of two Alabama games, either Cincinnati last year or Washington a couple years before that, where it's just like one of the teams is just better. One of the teams is just is just better in in almost every single spot, and there are a few extraordinary players on TCU's side who can make plays, and it won't be like a blowout. It's not going to be uncompetitive. It's just that. They're just going to sit on them eventually because Michigan is a better team and, and Michigan does not make enough mistakes that it could seriously be, I, I think, 
threatened unless, like you said, a lot of stuff goes wrong really early on in the game. Like maybe, you know, uh, turnovers could obviously change this this sort of thing. But I think uh, straight up, I would I could see Michigan just kind of, you know, slow cooking them. It's just over over four quarters, it eventually it goes from a, a long-standing seven-point lead to a long-standing 10-point lead to 13 to 20, and then it sort of just ends there. And it never feels like it was out of hand, but it also feel, it never feels like TCU was all that close. Um, that is that is my feeling for this coming into the game. I, I don't know if uh, I don't know if we have a whole lot else on these right now. Obviously, like we said, we will preview these more in depth. But um, Ryan, anything else on on this before we move on? No, no, I'm sure we're gonna talk about it plenty over the next few weeks and probably some of the other big games as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's get a little bit of recap here. I don't, I don't think we're doing anything crazy in depth. I think because some of these games were kind of kind of stinkers if we're being honest yeah this weekend um, uh, sucked that was sort of my takeaway from it was this weekend of football yeah. was really bad i was i was not especially invested in much of anything beyond like the big 12 championship game and and early stages of some of these other games but largely these were yeah. bad I mean, the pac-12 one i thought was i guess pretty compelling but yeah 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 that and that's what we'll, that's where we will start here utah 47 usc 24 uh, Utah does. I mean, this is this was a, a much more severe version of what they did in the in the last game, where they kind of just kept it close early on and then pulled away down the stretch. They really, really pulled away here, um, as evidenced by a twenty three point victory. I don't know that the final score was quite as reflective of this game as it maybe could have been. I didn't think USC was that bad, but USC was operating here in the second half with a with a uh, pretty obviously dinged up Caleb Williams who kind of played them out of the game. Um, and Utah had the answers for him. Utah Utah figured out what it needed to do to deal with a, a not full strength Caleb Williams and USC's defense. I mean, just couldn't have, just couldn't get the turnovers that it needed to get, which is the only way that it has survived this season. It was that it was kind of everything that USC has been doing, coming back to earth all at the same time with the turnover regression, with Caleb Williams not being able to play out of his mind. It was just a, a kind of a a, a sixty minute reminder of like, oh, this team actually, yeah, kind of doesn't have all that much going on beyond you know two things that have been fairly, you know, probably not that trustworthy in general, probably not something you can apply to every single game that Caleb Williams will play out of his mind and that the defense will force three or four turnovers. And yeah, they didn't, neither of them happened and USC lost pretty badly. I I do want to say like, I think you have to, at a certain point in time, renege on this, on this Caleb Williams. I'm not going to. (laughs) Dude, come on. He was, he has been brilliant for weeks. Like, he he's still I don't think he's like you know a generational quarterback or something like that but like he has absolutely played as one of the best quarterbacks in college football he was really good in this game he made a couple bad decisions late uh that interception at the end was was pretty terrible but uh I mean like he also made some incredible plays that were just individual effort this game uh, despite being clearly injured and and I think you know they said he was playing 50 percent with that hamstring injury like he uh he does a ton for this team uh despite getting sacked seven times this game like you gotta I, give the kids some credit. I, dude. I will cede to him as an individual. I think as an individual player, he is a very capable, very good playmaker. Um, I don't know that I am, and I also don't really care about the NFL stuff. But I don't really know that I'm sold on that. Again, I don't. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, as an individual, yeah, he's very, very good at making plays. He 
is, I, I would say, an upper echelon Lincoln Riley quarterback. He is up there with, with some of the best of them. He is certainly not Jalen Hurts. He's a whole lot better than him. Um, but uh, my complaints about this team, about this program, about the way that Lincoln Riley does things, I think are accurate. I think that they bore out completely in this game. He builds one-dimensional football teams. They are not built to yeah, win actual football games. And they, well, and, I mean, they look, Alex Grinch sucks. That, that's the biggest problem. It's just that Alex Grinch sucks as well. Yeah, Alex Grinch is a is a disaster. He's a very very bad defensive coordinator. This was a this was a very I mean one of the worst performances you could possibly put up in this kind of this kind of moment. Utah got pretty much everything it wanted to here: explosive plays, efficient plays through the air on the ground. It was I mean whoever they wanted. Without Tavion Thomas too, <laughs> like it just didn't matter. Like yeah, they, who, they they yeah they could pick their spot. They could name the player and then name his yardage. It was not it was not a problem yeah. for them at all. Like, like five hundred thirty something yards of offense, if I recall correctly. Like yeah, yeah. I mean just uh, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean that this is what this is the problem with the teams. It's a problem with USC, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's a great win for Utah. Credit to them. It's what they do. They love to just, you know, bully the other teams physically in these kind of games, this environment. Uh, that's what they're known for as a program. Yeah. Uh, they didn't take care of business the rest of the season. It's going to ultimately cost them, you know, some better kind of, like, this easily could have been a team contending for the playoff. Uh, they had a couple stupid losses that I think you would look on differently if you had the chance to go back at those. Um, but yeah. uh, so it goes, man. Um, I don't know. They're ultimately a pretty strong team this season. And uh, I, I think credit to them for another back-to-back college or another uh, Pac-12 championship. Uh, credit to them. Yeah. But, back, um, back-to-back Rose Bowl is for them, too. Um, I, I, yeah, the, the Utah thing, I can understand. Uh, I'm sure they're not. I'm sure they're probably pretty happy to win the Pac-12 and go to the Rose Bowl. But I could understand having some frustration with this because, like, yeah, they should have beaten Florida, obviously, and then that that Oregon game could have easily broken in the other way. I think that UCLA beat them pretty pretty straight up, but um, they probably should have done more than I think what they than what they ultimately did. I think that at some point it is probably worth examining why it seems like Kyle Whittingham is unca- is is incapable of not losing two or three really bad games a year. Um, well, I'll tell you, talking about S and C, his his number of injuries year over year is crazy. So uh, the people post the stats. I don't have it in front of me, but. Uh, they just led the country and uh, starters with missed games uh, back-to-back years, I believe. Mm. Um, it just keeps happening. I mean, yeah. take a look. Take a look internally there. That is, yeah, that is not, they might, might want to, yeah, might want to take a look at that. They were also not anywhere near as physically impressive this season as they have been in the past. Um, they turned it back on for this game. They they kind of bullied USC here, but I think that that is more a reflection of USC than it is of Utah. Um, still a good season for them, but definitely I was hoping for more. I think that they probably should have produced more than they did. Uh, still happy that they went and, and did this, though, and that they, I mean, they got USC both times. They were the only team that beat USC this season. They got them twice. They got them twice in basically the same way the first time it was closer, but um, that's impressive. I think that that is something to celebrate. I think that they uh, probably enjoy the Rose Bowl a whole lot, and I think that they will enjoy being there. I'm looking forward to their game against Penn State. I think that'll be a fun matchup. Um, good win good win for utah which just is uh is is you know rock solid they 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 are hard to beat even when they are yeah. not as good as they maybe should be they are hard to beat and especially in moments like this when you have 
you know, a national, you know, a, a fucking, I mean, a playoff berth. USC had a playoff berth on the line, and USC could not do it. It was the same issues that Lincoln Riley has had for his entire career. On the biggest stage, he can't do it. And yep. he didn't. He didn't do it. They they failed. Um, uh, speaking of rock solid, speaking of back-to-back, uh, next game we had here in this list was UTSA, mm-hmm. uh, who, who took a 48-27 win over North Texas to go finish 11-2 and and win their second consecutive Cusa championship. Um, they put up almost 600 yards of offense this game. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Frank Harris himself accounted for uh, 400 on the nose, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a just a tremendous game. Um, Russia attack was cooking. Uh, pass offense was cooking. Zakari Franklin was wide open all day. Uh, they got anything they wanted, dude. They, they yeah. I mean, they just got everything and anything they wanted. It was super, super impressive. Um, I, I thought they were dominant this game. As they've been, this is who they are, right? They just kind of kick yeah. ass in this in this conference here. Uh, they're going to finish season ranked, you know, pending a bull win, but. Um, definitely did not get enough consideration this whole season. I thought they were a tremendous team that, that should have been looked at strongly for the G5 New Year's Six bid. Uh, that early season loss to Houston is one they definitely went back. They should have won that game. Um, if they did that, man, it's a whole different outlook for them. But a really good football team, dude. Uh, just really impressed with Jeff Trailer. Uh, he is definitely getting one of those big jobs in that region uh, very soon. Yeah. Next season. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's uh, we're keeping an we're we're keeping our eyes on Texas A&M. We are we are keeping a close look on College Station. Yeah. Um, yeah. Frank Harris, thirty-two of thirty-seven for three forty-one, four touchdowns through the air, another touchdown on the ground, sixteen carries for forty-nine yards. Uh, he's just he's fucking ridiculous. He's so good. He's so so good. He's been so good all year. Zachary Franklin, like you said, was excellent. Oscar Cardenas is great. Uh, Joshua Cephas is great. Like this is a team that lost a very very important wide receiver in uh, DeCorian Clark, and they have just doesn't even matter. Doesn't even matter. They're still they're still gonna roll by twenty one in the conference championship game. You know they they lost an extremely good running back from last season. They come back with a with a new group of guys, almost completely new group of guys, no established players. Kavarian Barnes in the in the conference championship game, twenty eight carries, one hundred and seventy five yards, and a touchdown. They just reload. Man. They just reload. It's one of the best programs in America in in for for what they do relative to the competition, relative to the talent level. They are. They are just yeah, like like you said, they are rock solid, absolutely rock solid. Um, I think that they are going to walk into the AAC like they own it. I, I think that it will not yeah. be any problem for them at all jumping up to the AAC. I think that their talent level is absolutely ready ready for that sort of leap. Um, I think they're going to be a serious serious problem for everybody who is left in that league. Um, I'm really excited to watch them in the uh, in the Cure Bowl against Troy. I think that that's one of the best bowl games of the of the postseason, one of the games that I'm most looking forward to. I think it's two extremely good teams. We're going to talk about Troy in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, North Texas really wasn't even outright bad in this game. It's just that UTSA is better. UTSA is just better than everybody else in this conference by a wide margin. They are they're damn good. Damn, damn, damn good football team. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Patrick, our next game on the list, moving to Saturday, uh, Georgia took care of business. This is not chronological order. I just kind of wrote it down. Yeah. Uh, Georgia took care of business against LSU. They won 50 to 30 for this championship game. Uh, good to see. I mean, their offense has completely gotten back on track the last couple of weeks here. Um, yeah. You know, they, I mean, they ran all over these boys. <laughs> they were really not having yeah. any issues on the ground here. Yeah. Yeah. That is, uh, they've scored 37 or more in three of the last four games now. They're kind of starting to put it on them here. Um, this rushing offense, like you mentioned, looks a lot better. Kendall Milton's kind of getting some tread. He, he they, they had struggled for large stretches of the season and large stretches last couple of seasons, really. They haven't been a great rushing attack, despite uh, claims to the contrary. 
And they've started to really figure it out, it looks like. Um, which, to be fair, the problem with LSU's defense is that they can't really defend the rush very well. Yeah. Uh, they have a lot of guys who are great pass rushers, and they have a couple good you know, secondary players, but uh, don't really have a ton of, of stout players against the run, which uh, is a problem when you're playing Georgia in similar teams. Yeah, this was, um, this was sort of one of those efficiency games for the Georgia offense, which they've had plenty of, but I mean... The the passing attack specifically, I thought it was it was uh, exemplary. I thought that the passing attack here was really good. Obviously, the rushing attack had had plenty of yardage and big stats, but Stetson Bennett was. I mean, it seemed like every pass he was throwing was completed for for a first down, pretty much, and and it was any number of receivers from Brock Bowers and and Lad McConkey to, you know, guys like Marcus Rosenby, Jack Saint, and, and and Dominic Blaylock was getting involved. Like they just they kind of they spread the ball around really really well through the through the air and. Um, this was a, I think, a vintage Georgia offensive performance. This is about what that offense is built to do at its peak, and they, I mean, pretty easily dismantled LSU here. The final score, I don't think, is fully reflective of like this was never competitive. This was never even close. Um, another another win for our anti-SEC agenda that the SEC is dog shit. That this is the best thing that the SEC could <laughs> could throw up against these guys. Um, but I yeah. do think that there is something to be said for like, yeah, Georgia is really good. Georgia is very good. They're not perfect. They're not as good as they were last year, but they are extremely ruthlessly efficient and they are brutal. Everything that they do defensively, especially, they are just brutal. They've got guys all over the field. It's wave after wave of talented players. And, and, you know, Jalen Carter being back has changed the way that that defense operates. And it's just, it's smothering. They will absolutely smother you. Um, pretty much regardless of who you are. I think they, they are, they looked really impressive. Even if LSU, I don't think is like that, strong of an opponent they are still a a competent football team and georgia made them kind of not look like that yeah yeah i mean um it's a testament to how far lsu has left to go right like i I think that this is this is a program that while it always has talent i think it's pretty much not ready to to walk in and be a big boy right now there's some development here that that brian kelly will have to do some recruiting he's going to have to do yeah uh, at a higher level than what he's been doing um which you know, I think it's a fair takeaway here, especially with the machine that George was building, right? Like Kirby is Kirby's intention to detail and, and recruiting ability is it's reminiscent of Saban, right? Like that's what you think of when you talk about this guy, just in terms of making sure he's he's not going to cost us some opportunities. Uh, he's going to make sure he's a talent to press his advantages. Like he's not at that level yet, obviously. I think I think that's very fair to say, but like what he's building is something comparable to that original kind of Saban dynasty. And I, I think it's something to keep an eye out for here just as he continues to get better. Um you know they're they're cooking dude like i mean what else can you say like they have some of the best individual players in college football uh they've really started they, they kind of bought themselves time to gel as it went on i think they've really improved a lot of other concerning areas for themselves uh i think georgia can really play some ball and it's probably one of the national championship fight to guess uh which i don't think is much of a guess but yeah uh, i think they're pretty much just comfortably the best team in the country this year but to do that after losing all those players to the nfl is tremendously impressive like what they've done as a program this year is like it's it's crazy. This yeah. is something that really only Alabama has done. Yeah, it's um, it's really hard to replace that number of. I mean, they lost a lot of guys. They lost a lot of seven, guys. Yeah. yeah, like like just first round talent level guys. They lost a lot of guys. Um, yeah, and they have. Uh, I, I think they are here because of like what we were talking about earlier. They just don't really make the same mistakes that a lot of other college football teams do. They don't do the same kind of silly things. They yeah. don't. They don't really fuck around. Um, they kind of they just take care of business, and they took care of business here. Um, I don't know if there's a whole lot more insightful to be said about it. It's just that's what Georgia does. That's that's that is what it does. They had some times this season where they did fuck around. They had some times where they did not seem fully in sync, but. 
I don't think that's the case right now. They've they've looked good, and they looked really good here. I think that this was a maybe not a statement win. I think that they were pretty comfortably going to win this one regardless, but they certainly they did what they were supposed to do and then some, I, I think. And this is uh, they are entering the playoff in, in, in good form. Um, moving to the Big Ten here, another undefeated, staying undefeated. The two seed here, Michigan 43, Purdue 22. Purdue with, I believe, a, a pretty late touchdown once this one was already kind of out of hand. Michigan just just always kind of kept them at arm's length. It never felt like this game was in serious danger. Um, didn't pull away until the second half. Didn't really need to. Big game from Donovan Edwards. Thought that J.J. McCarthy made a couple really nice throws. He they was not asked to do a whole lot, but that's sort of you know the standard for this team at this point. He's not usually asked to do a whole lot, but when he was asked to do something, he was able to step up, had a couple really nice touchdown passes. I think one to Ronnie Bell was specifically really good near the end of the game, if memory serves. Um, yeah, just a good just a good performance. Good performance from Michigan. Did what it needed to do. Locked up that two seed. I don't think it was ever seriously challenged here. I don't know if there's a whole lot else. Like This is the thing we're kind of bumping into this week is like, the upsets, the games that were close that we are going to talk about are fun, but like a lot of these, man, I just, yeah, Michigan took care of business just like Georgia did. And it was not really, I don't think there's really a whole lot to learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, Purdue's a, not that good of a football team, right? I think that's, yeah. that's fair to say. We can all get behind that. Uh, Purdue kind of waltzed their way into this uh, Big Ten West championship off the back of some uh, everyone else kind of shitting their pants like, like you know they didn't really do anything super impressive here to get this spot yeah um but credit to michigan for doing what they got to do right they 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 beat them pretty soundly i think that's a, a good accomplishment uh donovan edwards kind of really coming out of the rushing game is a big deal for them yeah he's been a player who has been much more of a receiving threat than a rushing threat in his career so far and i think he's starting to put some things together mm-hmm. which is cool uh good he's, for them i mean he, they... he looks fucking good he looks really good he yeah, yeah we'll see. I, I have <laughs> I have been uh, I've been impressed with him. I was impressed with Will Johnson as well, who I believe true freshman. Will right? Johnson is yeah a true freshman. He is he has been the guy I'd say has come on the most this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting uh, getting the production out of out of him and Mason Graham, they've gotten as true freshman. That defense has been uh, huge for them. They're, I mean they're dogs. Uh, yeah. uh, obviously, I think Colston Loveland has done a lot for this team as well. Only had one catch in this game, but uh, it was a very impressive catch. He starts to look like a dude. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I Michigan's playing its best football right now. It's pretty impressive. Um, strong win. I, I think we both thought we've made our opinions on the TCU game pretty clear. But yeah, I think Michigan's in a good place right now. Um, I, I think they're playing well. I don't really have a ton of notes. I, I, I still question like it, these these explosives to me just don't feel repeatable, dude. Uh, maybe I'm just being a hater, but like there's something they've done a couple games now, but have not done the rest of the season besides that. I just I don't think that's like something they're gonna do if they play Georgia or somebody, right? Or if they play Ohio State again. Like I just don't see that happening. Yeah. Maybe that's just hater talk for me, but like it does not feel like something they're actually being able to repeat as time goes on. It's it's an interesting question, and it's one that uh, I, I think the answer is pretty much just what you want it to be. It's it's what your personal yeah. preference is. It's whatever you are hoping it is. Because um, I could see easily on the Michigan side, you know, saying, "Well, they've repeated it twice now in a row against two, you know, two of the better opponents on the schedule." Purdue, even not as a very good team, still one of the better opponents on the schedule. That's the nature of the Big Ten right now. Um, and like, that is, I think you could say that. I think you could say that yeah, teams do improve. Sometimes they do add new things into the, into the way that they do things near the end of the season. They do get better. Um, we have seen, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that Ohio state turned into a completely different team and won a national championship game in the last month of the season. 
Um, yeah. that is not, it's not unheard of that, that this could be possible, but I do understand that like, it, it looks, it doesn't look like something that you can really fully rely on. I think that they probably benefit from the fact that I don't think they do rely on it. I think they can do enough efficiency wise that they don't necessarily need those. They're nice to have. They'd be especially important in these big games, but, um, I, I'm, I, I can see both sides of it. I think that there's a case to be made for either one. I don't, I don't personally think that JJ McCarthy is suddenly becoming like one of the best quarterbacks in college football or anything, but yeah, come on. Like, <laughs> he's, this, this guy's throwing air balloons. Like, I mean, Dude, it's yeah. It it has it does definitely have kind of that like Penn State 2016 2017 quality to it where you watch you, yeah. you'd watch the Trace Tanner Mc... Morgan Minnesota teams. Yeah, yeah you, that you'd kind watch of you'd too. watch Trace McSorley throwing the ball down the field and it's like I get that he keeps getting away with it. I understand that this keeps working that it kind of has to look like that for it to work, but I don't I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. I yeah. feel like it doesn't I feel like it's not actually how it's supposed to be because it doesn't look right. It doesn't look like what you expect an explosive play to look like. Um, or like a big time pass to look like, but I mean, at some point, the evidence in front of you says otherwise. I don't know that we're quite there yet with Michigan. It's been what two games, but yeah, it's two games. Uh, yeah, small sample size sport, and it's it's fucking Purdue. Also, I want to before I forget to say this: Purdue beating LSU in the Cheez-Its Bowl would be the funniest outcome of the season. That would be good. Boy, that game is really, really kind of kind of yeah. nasty. That's kind of a nasty football game. January 2nd. Oh boy. We're all really looking forward to that one. That's going to be, that's going to yeah. be really the the game of the season. Many are saying that's the most important college mm-hmm. football game of the season and maybe ever. Um, yeah. I think that Michigan pretty much is whatever you want it to be right now. I think if you're a Michigan fan, it's a national title contender, serious national title contender with, with very serious aspirations for pulling that off. I think that if you're a Michigan hater, it is a team that has strung together fluke wins uh, on, on explosive plays that can't be repeated. Um, I am. I don't really have a. I don't really have a stance <laughs> at this point. I'd like to see them against TCU. I think it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah. I think that they are uh, obviously, obviously operating at a level that we have not seen Michigan operate at in a very long time. And I think that they are obviously a different program than they were a couple years ago. Um, and they, they, you know, it goes even without saying that they deserve to be where they are, and that they are that the. I think that the idea that this is a team that was that was not as good as the record shows or that it was a, a bad Power 5 champion or a bad undefeated Power 5 champion or anything like that is stupid. I think it's a stupid thing to think. I think that this is obviously a very, very good football team playing very good football at the right time. Um, how good are they? Uh, you know, National title good? I don't know. I don't know. I want to find out. I'm interested. But I, I think that they are obviously very good they are i think they are deserving of where they are um and i'm I'm interested to see what they can do in in their their second consecutive playoff i think that the program is inarguably been elevated to a place that we have not seen it in a very long time it has been an extremely long time since we have seen michigan this good and i think that people are kind of struggling to to come to terms with that to 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 square that with what they know about michigan because i mean I only really know Michigan as a as a second tier program. <laughs> so that's I've I've been alive for 23 years. This is the first time I've seen Michigan operating at this level. I get that it's weird, but I think that they do probably deserve some credit for being as good as they are at this point. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been impressive. They dealt with they they had to do to kind of you know get to where they're at. They're playing the kind of football they want to play. It's um, you know the whole complimentary football phrase exists for a reason. They're definitely doing that. 
Uh, credit to them. It's, it, it was a great win. It was a great season for them. Uh, we'll kind of see if they got in the postseason. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, last time we saw them in this environment, it didn't go as well. Uh, but I, I'm looking forward to seeing how it looks this year. Yeah. I would, uh, our I, next would guess here, a, uh, I would guess they have a better shot this year than they did last year. I would say that would be based yeah, on their maybe. first, based I mean, on, based on the first round opponent. I think that they have an, at least a good chance of getting uh, to sure, a second Sure. Sure. But, but I don't know if I think the overall quality of team is better this season than last season. Yeah. feels like um, about the same on the net. I think it's probably probably about the same yeah um, we'll get into it i'm sure as we go kansas state next one here won yep. the big 12 and upset over tcu 31 28 in their rematch um went to ot in this one uh max duggan certainly did not you know kind of cover himself in glory in this game nor to will howard it was kind of a weird uh, honestly kind of a weird game from from two of the better passing offices in the country yeah um just kind of ugly and, and disjointed this whole time uh rushing attack was largely fine for both teams um i mean you know, Deuce Vaughn is Deuce Vaughn, right? He's always going to make plays. Uh, but yeah, I mean, credit to Kansas State for finding a way to win. Uh, they they had this team dead to rights the first time, couldn't couldn't you know bring it home uh, with the injuries they suffered in the regular season, and, and now uh, now they're pulled off and get the win here. I mean, great great game. Yeah, I I enjoyed this one. It was a very weird football game, like you said. I I don't really know what to make of it. Like I think that there are. I don't know. Am I worried about TCU after this? I don't know if I'm any more worried than I would have been before. It feels like just kind of like with the USC thing, just some of the things that had been working in their favor didn't work in their favor here. And then ultimately it came down to overtime and they got stuffed at the, at the, you know, uh, like an inch from the, from the, from the end zone an inch from basically, you know, probably winning the game. Um, it was about as close, I think, as it possibly could have been, and, and ultimately Kansas State got the got the bounce that they needed, did enough to win the game. I'm I'm a little bummed that we didn't get to see what a full season of Will Howard Kansas State would have looked like. I wonder how high they would have gotten, how far they would have gone, um, because they, I mean, they won all but what one game that they had him in, and the game that they lost was to TCU when he got hurt because um, mm-hmm. he he did not play against Texas, and so he, I mean. He's been really good. He's been really, really good this season. Even in this game, when he was not, when he was not like amazing, it's obvious that the the depth that he adds to the offense, the the extra sort of the threat that he adds to the offense with with his vertical passing game, is enough to change the way that Kansas State plays. And they, I mean, they look big time. They look big time in this game. They've looked big time for several weeks now. Um, I'm I'm kind of bummed that we are not going to get to see them on a bigger stage we are going to get to see them i think slaughter alabama which is going to be really good i look forward to that i, I think that kansas state is going to probably take that game a lot more seriously than alabama does and i, I personally i don't care i just want to see kansas state uh whoop them but as for this game in which both teams were absolutely invested in taking it seriously kansas state just won a big boy football game i think that they deserve credit for being as good as they have been this season. I, we had our doubts coming into the year. We had we also had some optimism about Kansas State, but we weren't sure about its top end, you know, how just how good it could be. They have been I think about as good as people could have uh, could have hoped for. They have they've been really strong this year and this was this was not a fluke. This was not getting lucky. This was not just a turnover luck game. They were they beat them. They beat them and it could have gone either way and Kansas State got the win. Um, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with what Chris Kleiman has done there. I'm excited to see what they do next, uh, just, you know, in their next game. And then also moving forward down the, down the road. I think that that is a fun program to keep an eye on in the new, in the new big 12, which I mean, every week looks better. The new big 12, every single week looks more entertaining, looks more like, uh, just something that is going to be, 
really like appointment television every week. I, I'm really excited about the new Big 12. Yeah, yeah, uh, couldn't agree more. Uh, nothing else to add there on my end. Do you have anything else before we move on to the ACC? No, uh, Clemson 39, North Carolina 10. If you watched this game, you will need to. You will be going to jail. Soon. Yeah, we will be. Yeah, know, absolutely. We will, we will be reporting that. We will be calling it in. So please send in uh, your thoughts on this game if you did sit down and watch it. Um, yeah, no, I have. I have no thoughts on this. This is a. This is a meaningless football game this is the the yeah. only thing of note here is that Cade Klubnik took over a quarterback and looked really good um yeah 20 to 24 for 279 yeah um I, and a touchdown I uh, will I'm going to caution everyone against what they're going to do this offseason which I know won't stop everybody from freaking out and saying that Clemson is going to be back because they have a quarterback again uh North Carolina's defense is dog ass it is it is it is, yes. it is this, this is a fucking hot knife through butter it was not hard for him to do that this defense is awful they are fucking they are terrible 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 defense just about any quarterback in america should do this to these guys they're terrible Cade klubnik might be good this is not the game to think that because of <laughs> this is not a this is not a lesson game there's nothing to learn from this clemson beat a bad team that's that's what they did yeah i think that's pretty much fair uh i, I didn't really see anything overly impressive here from uh, again I, I did not watch this game but yeah. just from what i what i've read about in coverage and what i've seen from Advanced box scores, all that shit. Uh, nothing crazy going on here for Clemson. I don't think Clemson's changed anything about their program or who they are. Uh, when they when they lose this whole crop offensive linemen, they're still going to have a massive fall off yeah. uh, next season. So I think it's only getting worse from here. Man, uh, it is I guess really, the to take away. Oh, go ahead. It is really weird. I'm, I'm the more I think about it, they could have also done the whole. Oh well, we have a better quarterback now. We found a starting quarterback who we really like. Why didn't? Why wasn't Clemson the one they were trying to pitch to get into the playoffs? What if? What if how yeah. Did, how did they fuck this sense. up so bad? That seems like much, well, much easier. Well, Clemson fucked it up by waiting too long to play him too, right? Like if they had done, I mean, if they did this after they lost Notre Dame, like and they just brought him yeah. in right then and there, maybe that, maybe that perception changed. Well, they changed, probably don't. Do they that. probably don't lose to South Carolina, and then it wouldn't have mattered at all. But uh, yeah, man, weird, weird, weird decision. I don't know who. Yeah. I don't know whose decision that was to to pick Alabama as the automatic like, oh, they're the next team up. I guess maybe just the rankings. Um, but strange. I feel yeah. like Clemson would have at least been something they could argue, even if it was ridiculous and obviously would not have happened. Strange, <laughs> strange, strange, uh, strange uh, state of affairs there. Yeah. Also worth noting really quick here that uh, the Phil Longo challenge is happening faster than ever, ever predicted here for Drake May. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was really shitting this game uh, through two picks, including a 98-yard pick six. Uh, it was just a baffling decision. Um there's just nothing cooking here for uh for USC. I don't know. I mean just a just a waste of a talent in this program. That's like fundamentally they exist to take blue chip talent from other programs and waste it. Yeah. Um which why I, would you ever go play football here if you <laughs> if you liked football? I don't know. I really don't know. I also don't know why they don't like I don't know, go get somebody real quick, go get an actual head coach real quick and see if you can't do something with the talent that's here before it goes away. Um, yeah. Col- Col- I mean, Colorado just hired Deion Sanders. I feel like you probably could have done that, right? That's, that's, I don't think that would have been that hard <laughs> to get him. He's willing to go to Colorado. I think that would have been a pretty significant ap- improvement over what they have right now. Um, but ultimately, it is yeah. just a program without any actual aspirations. They have no thoughts about what they want to be. They don't. They don't know. They have no idea. They've not thought about it. Um, and this is yeah. the result. They're 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 rudderless. There's no direction there. There's no even attempt to get to a direction. It's just wasting time, running out the clock. Uh, <laughs> also, really quick, really quick here, uh, just just on North Carolina one more time on on their quarterback play uh, with Drake May. Yeah. Over the last three games, they are zero and three. 
Uh, he is completing 59% of his passes at 5.8 yards per <laughs> attempt and has thrown uh, one touchdown against four interceptions while being oh. sacked 12 times. Oh, man. Um, we got to stop this yeah. guy. Why do we keep letting Phil Longo do this? How many quarterbacks, how many young lives does Phil Longo need to ruin before we put him behind bars? <laughs> Dude, it's insane. He is a villain. Like, he is one of the true villains in college football. Yeah. He... Uh, and not for, like, the reasons of, like, oh, he pays hookers or like, you know, uh, he, uh, he, you know, hurt somebody while driving drunk, yada, yeah. yada. All these little things we obsess about. Yeah. Like he's actually a bad guy. He's ruining football players. Yeah. He's, he's taking away the, uh, our nation's brightest young talents. He's, he's extinguishing those lights. It is, uh, it is the worst crime of all. It's, it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's like killing a, a mystical creature or something. It's, it's not just, you know, legally wrong. It's spiritually wrong. It will, it's something yeah. that you can never, you can never square with God. He is not going to see the gates of heaven. He will be headed straight to hell. Um, and mm-hmm. hopefully we can send him there as soon as possible. It is weird that both of the North Carolina, the, the both of the major North Carolina schools in UNC and NC state had, I would say two of these sort of, uh, these football suck you by essentially as offensive coordinators. Cause Tim Beck is the same thing. He yeah. does the exact same thing with quarterbacks. Why do we keep these guys around? It just, I don't know, man. T- God, Tim Beck, we'll, we'll talk about it on the premium, but Tim Beck getting a coastal job. So uh, insane. It's just awful. a complete failure. Awful. Yeah. And it's not uh, even like they, it's not even like they, they tried other avenues. We can't, we can't. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into this for 20 Jesus. minutes if we start. We can't do it, but, but it's bad. It's really yeah, bad. We, we got to drive, um, a, we got to drive a wooden stake through these fucking guys' hearts. They are yeah. football vampires. No more. I've got, yeah. I've had enough of this shit. Um, one hey, of my, speaking of coastal, by the way, just, just, we'll talk about their game next, I guess, here and kind of skip ahead the list. Sure. Uh, they uh, they got Grayson McCall back for the Sun Belt Championship game, but it was not enough. They lost 45-26 and 26 as Troy robbed. What a season for John Summerall and his guys, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, 11-2 finish. I mean, just a tremendous football team here. Uh, they they were so impressive. Like, McCall really did get a lot of his stuff, right? Like, yeah. McCall was making his he offense was great. move. But, he was great. I mean, yeah. he was pretty much the only thing that they had going for him here. He was, he was fantastic. He did everything that he possibly could to keep Coastal Carolina in this game, and Troy was just... Yeah. Uh, everywhere. I mean, it was it was exactly like what we have been saying about Troy this year. They're just so impressive in everything that they do. The offense was good. Yeah. They, I mean, the, the, a level of explosive plays that they have not really had this season. Yeah, um, and all through the air, like their rushing attack was horribly inefficient. But like Coastal yeah. just didn't have anyone in coverage, which is not really the way Troy operates. No, just it was just sort of taking what was there, recognizing that Coastal Carolina's secondary has not really been very good all year, and taking advantage yeah. of it with guys who have not really been asked to do that a lot this year. And it, it didn't matter, you know. Like Ray, Ray J. Johnson was good enough to to make it work through the air. Deshaun uh, Stoudemire was good enough to make it work through the air. Gunnar Watson's not a, a huge deep ball threat, but they took what was given here. And then defensively, I mean, Coastal Carolina was able to get on the board more in the second half when the game was already in hand. But this first half, if you want to see just an ass whooping, I mean, just not even competitive. Troy beating them off the field. Every single play, every single play, just just nothing, nothing going on for what has been one of the best offenses in college football over the last three years now. And Troy had answers for everything it was doing, everything. They were swarming to the ball, linebackers not making any mistakes, playing it exactly how you do it. Um, it was brilliant. It was a brilliant, brilliant performance from Troy, which has been one of the most interesting stories to watch this season. This team is really good, really, really good much faster than I thought they would be. Um, on the other side of this, I, I will say 
a guy who I have who I have caped for a lot, who I have liked a lot, um, Jamie Chadwell. I don't like how he handled the end of this season and the end of his yeah. Coastal Carolina tenure at all. I think it's embarrassing. I, I think it's outright embarrassing how unprepared. I mean, how obviously left out to dry his guys were in these last two games. His his mind was elsewhere, and he left uh, a team and a especially the thing that really drives me nuts here. He left Grayson McCall out to dry. I mean, how important has this guy been to you, to your career? And this is what you give him in his, you know, his 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 last conference game. They've got one more in the bowl game. I don't know if he's going to play in it. I wouldn't. If I was Grayson McCall, yeah. I wouldn't. I don't think you owe the school fucking anything at this point. Um, it's embarrassing. It, it's it's it, it's wrong to leave your team out to to fucking just your mind is elsewhere. You did not give this the proper amount of attention that it deserved. And you sent your fucking graduate senior quarterback who came back to play for you out without any help. He had to do it all by himself. Grayson McCall deserved so much better than this. I'm really disappointed to see this from Jamie Chadwell. I, I, I just, I, it has changed the way that I view him. I don't care that he took the Liberty job. I get it. I get it. I, I, I don't care. What I care about is that he gave up on his football team. Uh, he gave up. He moved on before the season was over. It's embarrassing. Yeah. It's it's really really. I don't like to see it at all. I I just. Uh, yeah. You get paid too much to be doing that. You are a grown man. You you owe more yeah. to these kids than what he gave them. Uh, also, just want to clarify one thing really quick. Uh, McCall Redshirt Jr. has one year of eligibility left. Yeah, he should do um, it. He should play it somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, should, not not should. at Liberty. Not not for you know not for Jamie Chadwell. No. no. Um, Man, what a baffling move. We'll talk about it in the premium. It's going to be something we have to get more into because, you know, yeah, it's annoying. Yeah. Um, uh, UCF and Tulane, our next game here, AAC Championship, the de facto New Year's Six G5 play-in bowl. Uh, Tulane takes care of business 45-28 against UCF. The rise of Tajay Spears continues. He was Dude, dominant this game, had he, 200 yards in the ground. He's so um, good. He was yeah, so he, good. Mean motherfucker, too. Oh, watching my him God. Run. I mean, like. He he is it's a it's such a cliche but like one of those backs that gets stronger the longer the game goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is him for sure. I mean he he loves contact. He loves he, you know he he he's just a great back. He's a guy you love to watch play. Also Michael Pratt, fantastic in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in general, this this offense. I mean they went for over six hundred yards of offense on UCF. Yeah, they were I, cooking I, these motherfuckers. I think this was um, outright. This was their best game of the season. I think that they saved the yeah. best for last year. I have not seen them look like this this year. If they had looked and like I, this all I think year, the, I mean, like they. They were dominant. They were much, much better in this game than UCF was. Yeah, and I think I think the results of like the final score of this game is a little closer than the uh, the score. Like the final score looks closer than the game actually was. Yeah, uh, uh, Tulane completely handled this game. Um, they did turn the ball over three times, including lost, losing two fumbles, uh, which uh, you know kept UCF in this. But they, I mean, they were just so much more efficient. They outgained it completely. They really just they they beat their ass like. You know, it, it took a while for the score to reflect it just because of some of those, you know, bizarre turnovers. And uh, in fact, you know, it was a, a three point game with, uh, I think, less than 10 minutes left. But uh, Tulane was the much better football team. Yeah, for sure. And and yeah, Tulane, three turnovers, like you said, uh, just they were still better. And, and it's really, um, you know, I, I know I have not been sold on this team this season. And I'm not going to let one game completely shift my opinion of a team. I thought that they looked damn good in this game. I, I still think that, UT, that UTSA or Troy would probably be a better representative of the G5. But as a as a self-contained football thing, as a college football happening, um, 
this one was I, I, this was one of my favorite results of the week, and and honestly maybe of the year. Not for hater reasons. Obviously, I don't like UCF as it currently is constructed or Gus Malzahn, but um, Tulane has not had this happen like ever. I mean, it's it's been since 1998 that they've won a conference championship. Um, they're going to a a major bowl game for the first time since 1939. This was a bad program. This was a this was a bad bad bottom of the barrel program. You know, less than a thousand people showing up to their games. Nobody wants to be there. Nobody wanted to watch them play, um, and they were they were obviously the better team here. They were obviously deserving of this this conference championship game, um, and I, I think that Tulane and Willie Fritz are both uniquely uh, revered figures in college football as as sort of weird little things that I don't think anybody dislikes. I, I don't know of anybody who doesn't like what Tulane has going on or doesn't like Willie Fritz, save for, you know, maybe a rival of the school. But um, I don't know. It was a rare thing in college football that's just good. Just just good. Good for everybody. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to see this happen for Tulane, for their fans, for the program. I think that it is a you know, it's a historic win. It's a historic season for them. This is one of the best seasons in program history. It came out of nowhere. Um, and for Willie Fritz, who I, I thought was cooked, I thought he was done. I thought that he had, uh, I thought he had shifted too far away from his offense that he wasn't going to be able to pull this off. And that the, uh, sort of the hopes for him jumping up from the FCS ranks to eventually to Georgia Southern and then to Tulane, that it was not going to pay out. And uh, here they did it. This is this is what we were sort of, uh, you know, the, the, the Fritz heads were hoping for, and he did it. He actually did it. He had this, he had this wonderful season, and he's sticking around. He's not going anywhere. Um, this is great. I, I love this. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, through, through no effort, I mean, through no fault of his own, he was trying to get another job. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but he, uh, <laughs> he, but he didn't. So we're going to, yeah. <laughs> we're going to praise it all the same. The result is the same. I don't care how he got there. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled for Tulane, which, uh, was, was, yeah, like I said, absolutely the better team here. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do against, uh, against USC in the, in the postseason. but just even if that even without that game I don't it doesn't matter winning this game winning it the way that they did having this season is hugely hugely important for Tulane and I'm I'm very very happy for them um I don't know if I have anything else on it I'm just this was this was a result that made me smile I was really happy about this one yeah uh, our next game here is the MAC championship Toledo taking that uh 17-7 over Ohio Ohio without Curtis Fork which is uh you know he was their whole offense yeah um this shit sucked. Yeah, yeah this was <laughs> I terrible. Have, I, I mean, have basically no thoughts on this game. This was fucking awful. Yeah, well, if you don't, I certainly don't. I yeah. mean, uh, just Jason Candle, I want to clarify, not good. No. Um, uh, this is, of course, I, I, I will point out, another just great win for the Buckeyes. Uh, you know, being a conference <laughs> champion like Toledo, uh, the dominant fashion they did. Just have to add that one to Ryan Day's mantle of his, yep. of his great victories. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's. I believe that's not, his, not, not just anyone can do that. Yeah. I, be, I believe that gives him two now uh, wins over MAC champions for his career because I think Miami won it in 2019 as well. Uh, one of those wow. cool things that will stick in my brain forever because I covered the team. I will never forget that Miami yeah. won the 2019 MAC championship. Um, Let's see which MAC team they play next season. I'm curious. Um, uh, yeah, that we're just gonna start using that to pick the champion. That'll be that. <laughs> That's honestly that, that'd be kind of low key nice with it. That is um, that is I, I think as as uh, as reliable a method as any other with this fucking conference. There's no way to know what's going to happen in this league from from you know year to year. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't. They, this... they do not get one next season, by the way, but 2024, Western Michigan coming to Columbus. Keep All your right. Eye on one. Yeah, keep your eye on you Keep an eye peeled on that one. Um, yeah, I have no thoughts on this. My my opinion of, of Jason Candle is not any higher. Uh, we have been asked to Tim, to bring Tim Albin up on charges, uh, which uh, we will be doing. We will be, we will be pursuing that, and we will be prosecuting him to the fullest extent of the law. Right after we were nice to him, dude. We yeah. were nice to him for just a, I mean, it's like... Turtled. We... The, the, the man was... He's a, he's a soft dick warrior. He's got nothing going on he's he's uh yeah. he shriveled up in the cold he wasn't ready for it yeah linguini peeny yeah yeah get him out of here no thank you uh last one here last of the uh end of the podcast we're, we're it's it's been a long day we're both a little bit <laughs> we're both a yeah. little bit out of it today uh last one fresno state 28 Boise state 16 in the mountain west championship game Pretty much what I thought it was going to be. Fresno State was better. Boise State was uh, limited by injuries, but also just never all that good this season. It was kind of just, you know, they were fine. They won the games that they were supposed to win. They got lucky in a lot of games. They had a lot of one-score wins. And here when they came up against a, a healthy, good opponent, they had nothing. They had nothing going on. It was never really all that close. Um Jay Kaner was good. Was not great, but he was good. The rushing yeah, a little too was... much hype over this. People, people were kind of losing their minds on, on social media about a couple of his throws. Yeah, let's, let's calm down. Yeah, he had some good throws, and I, I, of course, I really like watching this offense when it was cooking. This was not its best performance of the season by any means. Um, I think that the the LA Bowl matchup against Washington State, I want to say, is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I think that is routinely going to be a pretty fun game with the Mountain West champion against a, just a pretty good team from the Pac-12. I, I like that game. Um, but, uh, yeah, again, I don't I don't have a ton on this one. This is another one that was just sort of chalky. It kind of was what it was. I think Fresno State was the better team, and they proved it. And that's, uh, you know, for Boise State, are you pleased with this season? I certainly wouldn't be, but I have standards, and it seems like Boise State doesn't, <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah. The, at least I know the Mountain West does it. Did you? Do you know? I know that we, this is not something that we ever talk about, but do you know that Andy Avalos was named the co- the coach of the year in the Mountain West? <laughs> was he really, dude? Yeah. Oh yeah. my God! Why? Yeah. Craig Bull went seven and five after losing every starter on his team. But yeah, Andy Avalos has got. Well, to be fair, that was also Craig Bull's fault. I mean, that's yeah, uh... sure. He, he he created the situation for himself, but Andy Avalos. I mean we don't need to beat around the book. We cannot, we don't have to pretend that Dirk Cutter is not the head coach of this team. We don't have to say that we don't have yeah. to do that. We don't have to lie and say that. Also Dirk just Cutter is not like the the, there are certain here. programs, there, there are certain programs where unless you go like undefeated, yeah. I don't think you should be consideration. It, for it, coach it, That should be like, honestly, that should be deeply embarrassing for Boise state that it had its first ever yeah. mountain West coach of the year in a season. that went nine and three, Jesus Christ. What happened to you? Guys? I mean, like Ohio state fans always complain about this because like the Ohio state coaches never get coached the year in the big 10, even if they go undefeated or whatever yeah. uh but it's just like like winning the big the, winning the mountain west or boise states you know example is like what the expectation is yeah you should do that to do. yeah that yeah obviously yeah. you should do that that's that is the bare that is the bare minimum you should be in the new year's six bowl you know you should be you should be the top g5 team and they weren't they weren't even the best team in their own conference um Good win for Fresno State. Good recovery from them this season after they started off one and four with some some injury issues there. Um, they have a chance to get to ten wins. They would it would be the weirdest possible way to get to ten wins, but they could do it in uh, in Jeff Tedford's first year. I don't think that he has lost it as much as I maybe feared that he had at the beginning of the season. I'm still not super sold on him, uh, but I, I think that 
they're obviously in a pretty good place. They're playing really good football right now. Boise State on the pay no mind list. No, thank you. I'm good. I will pass on Boise State until Andy Avalos is not the head coach anymore because, uh, frankly, I think he sucks. I think he's a shitty football coach. I think that they will benefit from moving on whenever they do that, and I think that they probably ultimately will suffer from this season being uh, kind of a recovery job from from them not completely tanking. They would have been better off firing him than they would have been uh, ending up going 9-4 and four and being stuck with him. Um, but there's a couple schools dealing with that right now. Ryan, anything else before we get out of here? No, I am good to go. Let's let's get the fuck out of here. All right, we'll be back for the premium show. You can get that if you subscribe at meetatmidfield.com. That will be our coach talk show. So if you're interested in our thoughts on Deion Sanders, Jamie Chadwell, um, other coach hires that I'm sure Tim Beck yeah, there, are, there are some too. other ones going on there will be more coming yeah. soon as well there are still open jobs uh, you should subscribe that's also going to get you the message board going to get you all the stuff that we told you about earlier um, yeah and then for the rest of you who don't pay for that we will be back uh, we're back on the once weekly schedule so we will be back on what Monday next Monday is that right uh what do you mean for the pre- for the free for the yeah, free for the, show for the next free we're weekly again right yeah 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 okay. uh, that sounds right to me i don't know we'll figure it out we'll be on the board don't worry about it don't don't, don't you guys worry your pretty little heads about us just just focus on yourselves yeah yeah as, as you could tell from the energy of this episode we're fine we're both doing really well right now so yeah <laughs> so my, my i have I have multiple brain cells firing at the moment, oh, not yeah. just one. If oh, you're saying yeah. I only have one working, fuck you. Yeah, you don't even, you don't know ball. You don't understand what's going on if you think we only have the yeah. one brain cell going right now. All right, cool. You, you are not watching the CAT scans, dude. That's right, yeah. <laughs> That's right. I'm studying the advanced stats CAT scan to see how the brain mm. activity of the Flipping the Field boys is going. Um, all right, yeah, we will talk to the good ones, the ones who we like on Thursday.